airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. There's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC, and we will open the phone lines up in the last segment. Uh, get your take on some of what we're discussing today. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, well, we often talk about um, what's going on with the church, the yes. body of Christ. So yes. We care so much about that. And so I'm just saying that to quickly set up where we want to go and mm-hmm. something that I, I feel like we can't ignore. We we talk about it, but, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not going away, so we can't ignore it. Um, the division in the body of Christ yeah. right? and the division um, in the household of faith. And, and it's interesting because I think one of the reasons we've had the kinds of divisions and just how we've normalized division in the body of Christ is I think because we don't see the body as one body. We see the church as something you go to. Mm -hmm. So then therefore it becomes very natural to have like this black church or white church or Spanish speaking church or the Asian church. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it, it just, those things kind of roll off our tongue. I think with a, type of acceptance or normalcy that um, would have been foreign to the early church because of a robust understanding of what God did um, in the gospel coming to Gentiles. And and one of the things that's interesting, as I tell you, I'm, you know, I'm reading through Ephesians and anyway, originally I was just pulling out one passage of scripture that I wanted to focus on, but you know, it's hard to do that. You start just kind of digging in. And so in doing that, I'm, I'm struck by this understanding that, has been lost in the church today um, that what God did, this mystery as Paul um, describes it, this mystery that has been revealed. um, It was concealed for a long time. Now he says, or he writes to the Ephesians, it's been revealed Mm -hmm. in the prophets, the apostles and the prophets. And, um, and he's, this mystery is that the gospel, this message um, has come to the Gentiles. that gospel is for the Gentiles. And what's striking about that among many things is the fact that Paul does not write, that it's be, it's come to, um, you know, let's say uh, Greek Gentiles mm-hmm. or let's, you know, uh, Hellenistic Jew Gentiles. Well, that doesn't make sense. Hellenistic Jews. <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make here's the, that that totally does not make sense. The point that I'm trying to make is that the diversity that we so often focus on is summed up in the fact that all of us were excluded from the Commonwealth of Israel. Mm. Yes. And. We, I don't know, have majored on the differences within that former exclusion that we miss what is to be most focused on and that we now have an opportunity to come into the family of God because of what Jesus Christ did. And there is no distinction given in this new opportunity. It's just that you (laughs) were Gentiles, Mm. right? And excluded and the gospel is for you. You get to come in. Now, the early church Mm -hmm. seemed to understand this 
as is reflected in the diversity that spread. Yeah. Um, as the gospel spread. Yeah. That the church looked like the truth of the gospel. All types of people coming in, all types of people gathering. Um, we first see this reflected in the church at Antioch. And um, it's just it's an amazing thing. Um, so much so that the word gets back to Jerusalem. You know, it's like all these different people, these <laughs> Gentiles are coming in. And so then there are all kinds of things that happen as a result of this, right? Where it's one thing to say, it's one thing for Peter to say, okay, um, you know, um, wow, we know that God shows no partiality. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. okay, it's it's one thing for, for Peter to acknowledge, yeah, we can kill and eat kind of a thing, right. symbolically speaking. Right. But it's something totally different. It's like, wait a minute. More people, more of them. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. like, oh, it's a it's a whole church full of them, yeah. you know, whole you know, whole assembly full of them, if you will. And so, what am, what am I trying to say to get into the discussion? We cannot ignore that the body of Christ is constantly under attack. I, I say this all the time, and I know some people think some people think that it sounds a little bit like um, always always doom and gloom, and I don't mean it to sound that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but the gospel has never existed in safety. Right. Never. <laughs> never. Never. And 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 I and the problem with people conceptualizing that statement is that people say no because in the land of the free and the home of the brave um we had the gospel exist in safety. No, that's not true. Hmm. Because whenever it seems that there is not an external attack, there are internal attacks. Yeah. Right? It's more happening within the the, the church, you know. And one of the biggest things to happen, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things to happen is that in the land of the free Mm -hmm. and the home of the brave, Mm -hmm. we actually sectioned off the bride Mm. and normalized it. Like we we actually said, no, you have your church and I'll have my church and they will have their church. And somehow, somehow we will all be a beautiful reflection of what Jesus Christ did, abolishing Mm. division within himself. In himself, he abolished division, right? Making peace with those who were near and with those who were far away. That would be us. And, but we somehow divided the church. And, and I, you know, I was thinking about this even in preparation for the show and I was asking the Lord to, to help us to be able to communicate because we talk about these things and Mm -hmm. I feel like you and I understand each other. um, But I understand at the same time, that there are people for whom this is a foreign conversation. Like this has never even been explored. So we can't, you know, it's, it's hard to sometimes wrap your brain around what is being discussed. But I wonder if, you know, when we had such a bloody civil war in this country um, where you have Abraham Lincoln, who um, who rightly notes that a house divided against itself cannot stand Mm -hmm. taking from scripture. Right. I wonder if there are spiritual implications of that, that we, couldn't possibly understand down the line, right? What was God doing? Not just saving the United States of America, but saving the witness of the church, because Mm. what had we normalized? We normalized that those people can have the gospel preached to them, but they have to stay in their context. Right. Right. We normalized division. (laughs) We normalized division. And this was not characteristic of the early church. So, so, the discussion that we want to have, and we're going to point out a couple instances here, but there are many um, as Will the Great was digging up some of these past things that we've talked about. We bat around these stories. We read them. We don't always bring them to air to discuss, right? Um, There's one, at least I know that we read a couple years ago and we talked about privately um, 
in a smaller context, I should say, I don't know that we necessarily brought it to air except to just allude to it. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, you start, you go back and you, you look at these stories and you think, man, this, this kind of, this didn't happen in a vacuum, right? This is a specific design attack. The enemy wants to destroy the work of, of, of what Jesus Christ did. And this, this mystery that is Christ in the church. And I mean, the enemy wants that to be marred in our culture. And he works in so many different ways for that to be marred. Right. Yeah. So today the, the, the discussion is uh, the problem with adding color to the gospel. <laughs> now that's, that's, that has a double meaning. The problem with <laughs> adding color to the gospel. Right. Yeah. So I'm speaking in terms of black and white and mm. every other ethnicity, if mm. you know, because we understand that black and white is not just descriptive. It's not just color. We're, we're talking about ethnicity. Yeah. Okay. So the problem with adding color to the gospel, but also the problem with embellishing the gospel, making it something that it is not, you know, people say, will tell stories and they say, that can't be the way it happened. And a person might say, Oh, I added a little bit of color to it. Mm -hmm. You know, I embellished it a little bit. I, I, I made it something that you would enjoy. You lied. You, know? okay. you lied. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let's call it what it oh, is. Oh boy, yes. Get straight <laughs> to the point. Will the greatness? Man. Um, it, you got to call it what it is. You got to call it what it is. Man, I was in college. I was an exaggerator. Like I was, I just man, I would exaggerate because it was amusing to me. It was fun. I just, you know, it's just, you know, and 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 I'm kind of, I'm kind of like Sam Witt, kind of oh, expressive, and yeah. I know that's what he is. <laughs> so, but you know, you know what stopped me doing that, and then also gave me the disclaimer to add as I even as I reduced it greatly but then sometimes would exaggerate i would say now <laughs> exaggeration for effect uh -huh. it didn't really happen this way but i'm just this is to make you laugh right right um somebody said exactly what you said and it was a, a sermon i was listening to you know um, one of our thursday night lives or something like that mm -hmm. and the speaker said um he said you want to stop exaggerating call it lying and mm. i was like oh, <laughs> man right so so <laughs> that'll that'll get you right um the problem with adding color to the gospel, the problem with adding color to the gospel, the problem with embellishing the gospel, lying about what the gospel is, but also the problem with adding color specific positions on the gospel where you say um, the black church, like Come on. what, what does that mean? Yeah. Like think about and and let me can I also say this because I, I I determined in my mind even as I was pouring over this stuff and and jotting down some notes I was convicted as I was reading it and and I I determined in my own mind Will the Great and I even sent this to you in message um, I used to think some of this stuff was okay yeah so did I used I. to think some of this stuff was okay so did I but you know the the deeper I dive into the scriptures and allow for it not just I'm I'm bringing my own understanding to the scriptures but i'm allowing the scriptures to read me and to teach me right rather than like i already know but i just read for backup mm -hmm, you know like mm -hmm. i see some things about the church and about the gospel and even about the way we function in the body of christ that i think whoa i was wrong on yeah. that yeah. that's that is actually not biblical that's that's me bringing my tradition and because i like it wanting to keep it right Right. <laughs> Bringing my tradition to the scriptures rather than allowing for the scriptures to create for me a new tradition, <laughs> a tradition that's built on truth, a, a tradition that is built on absolute truth. Amen. No shades of gray with this. Mm. And so I'm, I'm saying this conversation is a tough one to have, but I myself am convicted by it because there's so much of what we're going to discuss today that I, I thought was OK. Mm hmm. 
Like I thought it was okay to 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 have church and white church. Yeah. No yeah. joke. Yeah. I thought it's okay to focus on diversity for diversity's sake. Mm-hmm. No joke. Right? Like, and and I thought these things are all good because these things are all they advance the kingdom, however it is that it's happening. But we should care about the integrity of the gospel. Amen. And I think as it is, this is why we continue to suffer in our country, because maybe in some ways we've overlooked this. Like people say there should be unity in our country. Now watch this. We say there should be unity in our country. We fought a bloody civil war over this. Sons died. Cousins died. Neighbors died fighting against each other. And all of these things we say and we say we should have put this to bed. But we make very little of the fact that what truly is egregious is what happened within the body of Christ as a result of slavery. And much of that went unresolved. Yeah. Yeah. Much of it, not all of it, because some of it was resolved. And Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about this. You know, I I like to study church history Mm -hmm. as well. And there were churches that split over the issue of slavery. And there were some that came back together, some never did. Right. Right. So some of it was resolved. But what if, what if the the um the immense suffering that we endured um, the Civil War. What What if the, you know, the call that we cannot be divided, what if that was meant to be more spiritually significant to us than it was just a national cry? Mm. What What if the Lord <laughs> in his infinite wisdom was was trying to send a message and not to 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 make the Lord sound weak when you say trying. But what if the intent was to send a message to the church that these divisions are not right? Right. And right. And what if we missed it? You know, what if we didn't get it? Well, I think in part, in some ways we didn't. And that's why we continue, spiritually speaking, to have the problems that we're having. This is why you will have people who will say, you know, I don't really care about a person's theology. I simply care about their skin color. So you can have a pastor who (laughs) preaches abortion from the pulpit and I will elect him to the Senate because he's a black preacher. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Hey, guys, look, we can't outrun it. Nope. It, it it all has bearing on the things that we see manifesting in the culture today. Yep. Okay. 100%. Yep. So the church is supposed to be taking the lead in the culture. The church is supposed to be the salt and the light setting the standard saying, hey, this is what God has reco- uh, has required. Right. But we don't we don't do that. We follow after the culture. And then when we continue to get these effects, we're like, ah, how did how how in the world? Well, <laughs> let's go back to square one. All right, we'll grab the break and then we'll come back and we'll look at some of the articles when we talk about um, the problem with adding color to the gospel. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. There's more to see than with my eyes. But fear sometimes can leave me Depression 
I just pray, Lord, that you would uh, truly heal our land, Lord. I pray that the church would continue to be the vehicle that you use to show your glory, um, to show your infinite wisdom, Lord God, that we would set a standard Mm -hmm. in our country, Lord God. Even right now, Father, I pray for our members of Congress. I pray for people who have gathered in Washington, Lord Mm -hmm. God. I, I pray, Lord God. And I know that we don't deserve to petition you at all, Lord. But we are reminded that you are rich in mercy, Lord. I pray that you will heal our land. Yes, Lord. I pray that we, Lord, the body of Christ in America would truly represent you. Lord, we thank you for your grace. So often we have trampled on your grace and we don't deserve it. But we thank you for it. I pray, Lord God, right now that you would be sovereign over what's happening in our country right at this very moment. And I ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So the report is out that there have been um, shots fired and that um, our uh, members of Congress have evacuated the Capitol building because um, Trump protesters, at, uh, members of the Trump rally, have descended on the Capitol clashing with police and leading authorities to lock down the building (laughs) and put the chambers into recess as lawmakers debated the certification of the electoral college votes. This is something that I have never seen before. I'm looking at the pictures and um, the images that are coming out right now. And it's to say the least, it is disturbing. So um, that is not an empty hollow prayer. That is a sincere prayer. We cannot continue on in this country as we are going. Um, We need to repent. We need to submit ourselves to the Lord. So much of what we are seeing is really the result of us going away from God, moving Mm -hmm. away from the Lord. And um, anyways, uh, we'll keep an eye out on it. I don't know, Will, was there any information that you saw that I did not mention just in the moments? Yeah. Just looking at, I mean, this is unbelievable. Yeah, what I'm what I'm seeing is saying that uh, one person was shot uh, in the neck and one in the chest. Oh my goodness! In the uh, Capitol protest. Now I know that some of them have broke uh, into, got into the the Capitol. There's still a lot of people outside of the Capitol. Oh my goodness! Um, this but, is unbelievable. Some of the the footage. I don't know if people have access to their smartphones if they are not um, driving at the moment. But um, if you just do a quick search. Um, some of the images that you will pull up and even some of the already existing video that's out. Um, this is disturbing. This is, yeah. this is extremely disturbing. Um, we can't be this kind of country. Yeah, we can't, we just can't be this kind of country. And, um, you know, if, if we can, yeah, anyways, we'll, 
we'll get some more information as it comes out. And um, of course, we'll we'll talk about it. But uh, it's it is fine for us to uh, peaceably gather and to protest. It's fine for us to say, hey, listen, you know, we're not going to be just run over. You know, Um, our votes matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is this is incredibly important. Yeah. But um, man, we cannot be like the people that we want to ensure that they don't take over the country. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't we can't turn into that type of mob. Um, We just can't. We can't. And for all the reasons that we would say, you know, protesters. We call it, we said that that was not protesting. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? We, We can't change that. We can't flip that. And apply a different standard of measure. So this is very concerning. And and, um, and I would say, you know, it's it's early on, and I don't want to give any excuses, but I mm-hmm. do see some people who are media people saying that they don't know if it's all just you know Trump supporters. I okay. Don't, you know that there have been some stories of um, you know Antifa trying to infiltrate and, and stuff like that. But I wow, I would say we now that we don't not surprise me. Yeah, and I'll say we don't we don't know that we don't know, but I I do see some people you know kind of hot saying that mm-hmm. so i don't know but it, okay. no no matter who it is it should be condemned it's wrong mm-hmm. you know we we can't stoop to that level good grief you know and if it has to be condemned on on all sides when that happens so i'm i'm looking at capital security i'm looking at what appear to be secret service members um barring the chamber doors like trying to push items up against the door to mm-hmm. stop people storm storming um, the chamber and guns are drawn and people like, I mean, this is like something out of a, s- a movie script. Yeah. I mean, that's just, crazy. that's unbelievable to me. That is unbelievable to me. I don't know very many people, if any of us who can say we've ever seen anything like this in our lifetime. Like I, yeah. I that's just, yeah. I mean, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. My, my concern, my concern is that, you know, this is the result of just the the tone and the tenor of our nation. Right. You understand what I'm saying? And, I think and, that, and when we know, look at these things, I think we have, I'm always prone to look at the spiritual aspect of what's going yes. on. My goodness. You know, and I, like you said this and I said this, you know, we're talking about these elections and things like that. You know, people have actually voted, you know, for some of these policies that are going to be brought in. It is mm-hmm. not all, it hasn't all been stolen. There are, no, that's right. There are people who had, are adhering to these ideologies. And mm-hmm. it, it, to me, it puts a spotlight upon the church and the mission of the church and what we're called to do, first of all, in our homes. But then, you know, beyond that, make disciples. Yeah. You know, yeah. make disciples. Man. So we I, look not to toggle back to yesterday's uh, program or the day before. But if we don't raise strong children. Um, there is nothing to stop them becoming the kinds of adults that we have a problem with right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If we don't raise children who are able to go against the grain, because let's just be honest. I mean, the grain has changed here, right? Like the <laughs> yeah. the, the grain yeah. has shifted in America and <laughs> especially among young people. And so if if we can't raise children, if we can't as grandparents be a part of that oversight, helping busy parents, right? Helping them, um, keep their focus and keep the main thing the main thing mm-hmm. then this doesn't stop we don't we don't we don't get past this you know yeah. um yeah. anyways you know not to derail the conversation but this is happening in real time and i mean yeah it's i don't know how you i don't know i just we, I, I don't know how you could ignore it yeah. yeah anyway we'll wait to see what more information right. comes out right but 
man, yeah. this is, that's, it's really scary to me. You know, it's really, it's a, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be sensational, but it's, it's frightening to see some of the pictures, yeah. some of the images that are coming out of what's happening right now. So everybody who believes that the Lord God is real um, and has a relationship with him, you should be praying. Amen. You should be asking the Lord uh, to intervene, Amen. Uh, to bring peace to our land. I mean, look, you know, we've been so comfortable <laughs> praying for peace in the Middle East. And, you know, it has a nice little ring to it. You know what I mean? But we man, look, mm-hmm. we need we need peace right here mm-hmm. in the United States of America. We need peace. And I'm not talking about that soft, you know, taffy, you know, peace. You know what I'm, I'm right. not talking about that. I, I'm, I'm talking about the peace that only comes from the Lord. And, and, and how does that come? That comes in repentance, that comes in the right posture before him, that he gives us peace. He does. Um, boy, very concerning. Yeah. All right. So the topic of the conversation, as much as, uh, uh, as much of it as we can get in, in the, in the time that we have left, mm-hmm. um, the division of the church and, and that matters. Look, that matters. All right. Um, when you read articles like this, I'm going to read an article for you, and then we'll, we'll talk about um, we'll talk about what Rick Warren did at the end of the year at his church, Saddleback yeah. Church, and um, and because again, this is happening in real time. This is happening in real time, and there are people who would just look at these things and dismiss them, but these things have real consequences. They have they have real spiritual implications. Okay, so um, this article is from October of 2020, right? Um, as people were concerned and looking at, you know, maybe a resurge of or a resurgence of um, COVID-19, people are looking at this and, and, and but this is this is what is being discussed um, in tandem at the same time. All right. Um, the headline, there has to be a promised land. Why black Christians should leave white evangelicalism. <laughs> OK, now, again, again, I want you to understand that evangelicalism has become a political party. Right. All right. All right. So this is not just a call for, you know, <laughs> this has, this has spiritual implications first, but it doesn't stop there. It has also political implications. Right. Mm-hmm. And this, man, this is something that I feel like we, we often miss. So, so here, here is how the, the article starts, and then we'll read as much as we can, and then we'll look at what uh, Rick Warren did with this church, which, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> man. man I... All right. On March 9th, uh, 2018, Campbell Robertson beautifully wrote the viral New York Times article, A Quiet Exodus, Why Black Worshippers Are Leaving White Evangelical Churches. And that's important because evangelical is a political term in 21st century America. Mm -hmm. It's a political term. Okay. Though at the time, now this writer is a man by the name of Claude Ball, a man by the name of Claude Ball. He says, though at the time I was on staff at a majority white Presbyterian church and the thought of leaving was not on my mind. I was greatly impacted by that piece. Now, let me say this. Mm That piece was written in 2018. Mm -hmm. He is writing this in 2020. And the reason I tell you that is because of the next line that I'm going to read for you. (laughs) Okay. The piece was written in 2018. (laughs) He is writing his article in 2020. Okay. So again, he references this New York Times article. And then he says this. I was youthful and optimistic in my theology Mm. and my current experience felt unique enough 
that I was hopeful in our work. So at the time that this article was written, this man who, who is writing the article that I'm reading to you today was on staff at a quote unquote white Presbyterian church <laughs> in 2018. He was youthful and optimistic in 2020. Now all of a sudden he mm. has matured right. and he's sober and he's woke. And he's woke. Yeah. Okay, that's that's bottom line. You can try to clean that up and niceize it as much as you, as much as you want. Make it a word as much <laughs> as you want. Right. But what he's saying basically is that he's woke. And this goes back to the question. Will the great you ask this question all the time. Why is it that when these guys and usually it's mm-hmm. in the context of artists, every time they mature, they mature away from truth. Right. Right. Come on, people. So anyways, getting back to this, he says, I was youthful and optimistic in my theology and my current experience felt unique enough that I was hopeful in our work. I had a growing biblical grasp on ethnic unity in the church and what it would what it would take to see this hope of the multi-ethnic church realized. I even preached it a few times from the pulpit that I was given great freedom to be myself, a growing black preacher and theologian. Then he goes on. I was raised in the traditional black church. Again, why am I pointing this out? And I'm jumping around this article here Mm -hmm. and now moving ahead. Why? Because all of these things have bearing on the way we view the church of Jesus Christ, the bride, the body of Christ. I was raised in the traditional black church. And when that's able to just roll off our tongue and we don't give it a second thought, we it's like, we're not thinking about the body that there is one bride, there is one. So it's not divided along color lines. It's not divided around ethnicity. (laughs) He continues at this church. Now, now, now listen to this carefully here. Okay. He says at this church, I suggested our white worship team play more gospel songs and they listened no fault to them. But I soon realized it was another way of commodifying our black experience. It was as shallow as an ad agency writing a rap song to reach the black community. I undervalued our culture and people to think that any musician could just pick up a Fred Hammond bass line or sing with the soul of Tasha Cobbs. (laughs) He goes on. When they eventually played the songs, I remember being greatly unimpressed and discouraged Uh. because it wasn't the same. It was offering an off brand of your favorite cereal. Now, hold on a second. Hold on a second. This man's name again, Claude Ball. When have you ever been in a worship service where people may say something like, "Okay, stand to your feet as we worship Claude Ball, (laughs) that he has the prerogative to talk about how he felt about it. He wasn't feeling it. So so (laughs) it's Claude Ball who is to be worshipped, Claude Ball who is to be exalted, Claude Ball who is to, if he is lifted up, he'll draw all men unto Mm. him. So it matters how Claude Ball feels about worship. I just wasn't feeling it. It's Claude Ball who is seated on the praises of his people. But again, guys, we normalize this stuff. Yeah, you're right. And we see the fruit of it. We see the fruit of it in our culture. All right, when we get back, I'll continue with this. And then we'll talk about Rick Warren and why all of this is important. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will be right back. 
What I didn't consider is that it's not just the song alone, but it's the heart and soul of the black folks that embodied it. Hmm. It was the experience, not just from the stage, but also the common suffering of the people singing along with you. It was discouraging because when we would sing the upbeat gospel song, it was still in the context of the frozen, unseasoned Mm -hmm. white worship culture of the congregation. This was yet another clash. That is a quote from the article. There has to be a promised land. Why black Christians should leave white evangelicalism um, written um, in October of last year by a man named Claude Ball. And um, it, it is one example of many calls for the division of the bride, the division of the body of Christ. And these, these types of things, these articles are being written all the time. It's being circulated either in, in, in actuality or just in thought, casual thought that, yeah, maybe it's better that we just don't worship together. Maybe, you know, if people are triggered by this, it's better for us to just not do it. Here's what's crazy to me about that particular portion. Because before we went to the break, he's talking about how he asked this, this, he was a part of this quote unquote white Presbyterian church. All right. And he was on staff and he asked them to do some black worship music. (laughs) All right. And they did it. And it just wasn't the same. He says, he just, you know, it just, he wasn't feeling it. Yeah. It didn't do for him what worship music is supposed to do for him. Oh my goodness. I mean, and that's just such a, you know, when you think about that. The hubris. Yeah. It's like, so they're they're supposed to impress you. They didn't sing. That's right. Uh, it's it's amazing, and they even were they were trying to accommodate him. They were trying to they, you know yes, and really they didn't have to do. They sh- shouldn't have. It shouldn't have been like a. Can mm-hmm. you say some black music? You know mm-hmm. that's just ridiculous. Well, because it, the song is not how great is Claude Ball. <laughs> that's right. not the song, right? You understand what I'm saying? Oh like that's goodness. that's not. But here's the other thing that he misses when he talks about how these quote unquote black worship songs made him feel. He connects the feeling <laughs> to the, the suffering and the experience of the person who was singing it. Okay. Wait, what about worship? Our worship empowered because of the Holy spirit who indwells us. Now. And the fact that Jesus Christ died, which allows God to even look at us. Come on now. Like, other than that, I mean, just go sing songs. <laughs> it's worship because of what Christ has done. It's worship because he is the propitiation for our sin. Mm. So how do you say, eh, you know, look, and because we keep trying to mesh together, but we got these different worship styles and I'm not feeling it. Therefore, we have to just separate. But he doesn't stop there. He doesn't stop there. He goes into this section of his his essay, the consideration for separation. And man, I, I see that we're running out of time. May not get to open the phone lines today. We'll do it tomorrow and it can be on this topic if you'd like. But I really want to read this. And then actually, let's pause here for a second because I don't want to miss talking about. Um, <laughs> I don't want to miss <laughs> talking about the um, online gathering Mm -hmm. for quote-unquote black healing all right um saddleback church in december um how do you describe it they they decided to have a healing service i'm sorry i know that's i don't i don't mean to be so like cavalier but they decided to have a healing service um for blacks only Mm -hmm. i believe there were even fountains there no, I'm kidding. It's, it was online. There was Stop sorry. It. Let me get back to here's here is here is the article. Okay. Um, Rick Warren's Saddleback Church has invited African American and or black members and their spouses of any ethnicity 
to attend a special gathering with racial trauma experts, but non-spousal white church members were asked to simply pray for the event and, you know, stay away. (laughs) Now, this is really, if this were not true, this would be funny. This would be like a skit. This is like, this would be like a skit that somebody comes up with and says, hey, you know, we want to put this together and make people laugh and show how, because what, what Rick Warren's church has said is um, Christians who are black are hurting. And so we want to have a service where we speak to that, right? Um, If they are married to um, a Christian who is white, that person can also attend because it gives them a few points. Okay, but if you're just white or even Hispanic or Asian or any other ethnicity, you can't come to this gathering. We talking about the church like we're talking about the church. It's it's ridiculous. No white members of Saddleback Church were (laughs) allowed to attend, which, by the way, if I'm understanding correctly, this was a Zoom meeting. (laughs) it's a zoom meeting so it's like i'm triggered i'm triggered that i sense your wi-fi in my vicinity i'm triggered you know it's like (laughs) you know i you you almost want to be like well what about if the white members just didn't put up like a screen of their actual face like what if it just was a blank screen could they come can they listen can they or can you just tell you can tell you can tell you can feel it in your bones warren sent the invite out in december to members informing them, quote, we don't want to be a church that just talks about love, that just studies love, that just defines love, that just prays about love. It's not enough to just say we love people. We have to show love. Oh, you know, the kind of love <laughs> that is, you know, exclusive down skin color lines. Now, it's interesting. I was looking I was looking at um, the the person who was going to help facilitate this. There are two people who were hosting this event, Pastor Anthony Miller. I'm not really familiar with him and Dr. Anita Phillips, not really familiar with her either, but I was interested in her because she was the one who was there to deal with the trauma that it is to be black in a white church context, man, (laughs) man, man, wait. So hold up. So now there's trauma being black while churching. <laughs> okay. So now we bring in experts. The church brings in trauma experts to help black people navigate being black in a white church, quote unquote, all of it. What I said, quotes, all of put quotes on all of it. <laughs> right. Okay. I didn't want to point out oh one thing. Goodness. All of it, put it in quotes. It's ridiculous. The announcement, this was the, 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 the little flyer or whatever they posted online. This is, this is how our worship team has also arranged for a one-of-a-kind gospel experience. Mm-hmm. Got to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want this to be a safe space for our black brothers and sisters to heal and be fed mentally, oh emotionally, and spiritually by their church family heading into the new year. Hey, hey. <laughs> Oh, do you understand? Man. Do you like and, and I want to say I, I don't want I don't want my dismissive humor mm-hmm. to sound like this is not egregious it's to the Lord Jesus. Egregious. Very like this is not his church. Not 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 this type of stuff. 
we have scriptural reference after scriptural reference that illustrates for us what the body looks like. Right. That the body might be unified to reflect the glory of God in a culture that is dead and dying. It's not for no reason. It's not just a neat coincidence that, oh, and by the way, hey, listen, there's neither Jew nor Greek. Come on. Right? Slave nor free. That's not like a, oh, and look, no, that is by design so that God might display his manifold wisdom, the Bible says. Hmm. So now what are we doing? We are infringing upon, encroaching upon the manifold wisdom of God to take people who don't naturally fit together and bring them together. And so much so, the Bible says that spiritual authorities marvel at this and worship God. (laughs) But what have we done in the United States of America? We have done something really interesting. We have said, you know what? Actually, we have said God is not wise. Where the Apostle Paul talks about the manifold wisdom of God expressed and revealed in this church that he creates. We have said God is not wise. We must be divided. We must separate. Akimini Uwan, mm. who calls herself some kind of street theologian urban or whatever. Something. Urban, yeah, something. <laughs> Apologist. Yeah. It's crazy. Said <laughs> so we have to decolonize discipleship. What like our kids say this all the time. What even is that? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What even is that? She said whiteness will kill you. Whiteness will kill you. That's what that's what a Kimmy Uwan said. (laughs) Followed up immediately with you have options. You can vote differently. Oh, that's the the, that's the solution. That's what she said at the Sparrow Conference, guys. (laughs) We played several clips here a while back. Like some did. Anyway. So whiteness will kill you. The worship of whiteness will kill you. In fact, you've got Warnock who said that America mm. needs to repent of worshiping whiteness. I mean, I'm s- sorry, Senator Warnock. <laughs> All of it has implication and bearing on our culture at large. That's right. And because we're silent on it, we just it's just normal to us, right? We just let it happen. So here is Rick Warren back in December thinking he's doing something fantastic. This is great. No, it's not great. No, because you're calling into question the wisdom of God. Mm. And the spirit of God communicates this to us through the apostle Paul, that the formation of the church reveals the wisdom. In fact, not just the wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom of God, the multifaceted wisdom of God, the unsearchable wisdom of God. And we in the United States of America, we say, eh, yeah, but not so much, not so wise, not so wise for what is better is that we will worship among people who look like us. (laughs) And then that find our comfort. This invitation continues for everyone else in our church family. I invite you to pray that God will use this night to begin the healing process that leads to true fellowship in our church family and that God will begin the ministry of reconciliation in all of us as we head into as we head into new waters in the new year. Begin the ministry of reconciliation. Was it not begun? Seen through fully and finished by Christ already? Reconciliation, when he said it's finished, what it just meant until 21st century America? It's finished up until, you know, 
until critical race theory <laughs> gains ground. It's, it's finished. It's, it's, half, it's halfway done. Three quarters of the way it's done. But in America, you know, they tend to do it big, so we'll have to take this up again. Mm. Reconciliation. Come on. The example of what the church is supposed to look like? Oh, my goodness. The scriptures are replete with it. Like, we, we know what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for everybody who wants to, like, you know, because you, if, you, if, you if you talk to black Americans, right, there's this, there's this um, strong pull toward skin color um, worship, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, uh, no, we, you know, we need to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need, there's a, there's a, because guess what? This deceit is seductive. It is. It's very sensual. Yep. It appeals to the sense. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it's like. It's like when you have a kid that is sick and gets extra attention because they're sick, the kid can kind of like, like the sickness a little bit if it's not too bad. You know what I mean? Because it's like they realize immediately that it's like, oh, whoa, hold up. All eyes are on me and you kind of feel a little <laughs> bit bad for me. I kind of I can kind of get whatever I want. So for Christians who are black in America, this is central for reasons very similar to that illustration. It's like, oh, wait a minute. You kind of you kind of feel bad. OK, yeah. Then then you know what? We can shred the scriptures because I like the way this doctrine makes me feel. And look. Mm-hmm. On the other side of this coin, mm-hmm. where we've said, now yeah, maybe they're just better going and worshiping by themselves. <sighs> it's reprehensible. Yeah. In fact, it is, it is disgusting. Why? Because we talk about valuing life. We, we say we don't want to mar the image of God, right? Mm. Man, how about we value the wisdom of God? We don't want to mar the wisdom of God and his formation of his bride, his yeah. creation of the church, that he's taken all of these different people from all of their various backgrounds. And in fact, if you read Ephesians, mm-hmm. when Paul talks about the unity of the body of Christ, he goes right into the Lord, equipping all of us. And we come together, all our differences. And Paul is like, and God has given each of you gifts. Why? That when you come together, all of these gifts operating in love, the body is actually built up in love. Right. What Christ died for, you, you have some setting to divide what Christ come died on. for. That's egregious. And, 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 and like the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, you know, shouldn't we mourn over this? Like, shouldn't we not celebrate that? Oh, yeah, we have all kinds of churches. What kind of church are you interested in? <laughs> oh, yeah, in America, we have all kinds. What do you want? You want, you want, hey, you, what do you, what do you want? What do you want? You want a black church? We got a black church. White church. We got white church. Spanish speaking. We got Chinese. Okay, we got that. We got whatever you want. We got. The largesse of that, like the the, the, the big, bold pride and arrogance of that. How can the Lord overlook it? That's right. And it's growing. It's growing. We're all settling into this separation and it jeopardizes the expressed wisdom of God we have to reject it we're out of time until tomorrow Lord willing God bless